Hello and welcome to another edition of Thinking Aloud About Film. This is another Yusef Shaheen related podcast uh, and it's episode three, I think, of Yusef Shaheen Film Club. So we're following up some of the, some of his recommendations from his uh, late 70s interview. This one wasn't a recommendation for a specific film, but he, he praises the, the filmmaker Usman Senben. Um, and St. Ben's film Mandabi is available in a really nice new restoration uh, currently on Mubi in the UK, and it's also available on Blu-ray. Um, so we've been watching that. So, Jose, what did you think? Well, I'm really glad we saw it because it's a real gap in my education. I mean, you know, I'd always heard of Usman St. Ben and his films, but I've never had the opportunity to see any of them until now. Uh, so he's historically, uh, you know, a very significant figure, uh, you know, in French discourses on neocolonialism, he was a novelist first, and he's considered, you know, the, the father of African cinema, you know, the first person to make an African language film in Africa, of which Mandabi is it. Yeah, it's the first, uh, you know, African language film uh, made in Africa. It was illegal to make them uh, before. So, um, and I loved it, I must say. You know, initially, I thought, oh, this is going to be like, uh, you know, a comedy of manners and, you know, and then it gets more and more and more tragic at the end, mm. you know, and then that tragedy is given that kind of political jolt on top of it. I'm trying to process it still because I just saw it about an hour ago, but I think it's great. Yeah, it is great. And, it, and I think the restoration really helps as well because it just looks amazing you know the the, the quality of the colors and the, and, the, and the film and everything because i think you have this idea in your mind of what a you know what an african film of that era is going to look like but actually it doesn't look like that and it, it, it looks great it's entertaining it's tragic yes. it's yeah i mean initially you see it's almost like my my feelings in the film altered as the film progressed right because um the protagonist who is called ibrahim so initially you see him and, you know, he's a kind of, uh, he, uh, he's getting his hair cut and he's getting like his, his, his nose uh, hairs removed <laughs> and, you know, yes. he's somebody who you feel is like a bourgeois, you know, person from the car, kind of fat, a little bit pleased with himself, yeah. And then of course he goes home and he's got two wives and, you know, and so on. And you just think, you know, oh, he's kind of like you know, a good and decent man. Yeah. Um, he, he's always kind of trying to do the right thing. He's always being taken advantage of. Uh, he seems to get along with everybody. Uh, you know, he's got a good word for it. He tries to help when he can. Yeah, he's kind of a religious man, right? And, and so initially, you know, I thought, oh, how nice. You're seeing all these social relations and you know, I think myself with my utopian kind of glasses on, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, you're getting like a whole way of life here and a sense of community and how people interact with each other. And then, of course, what happens, his nephew, who is a street cleaner in Paris, but he's a success. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's a success as a street cleaner in Paris, sends him 25,000 francs of which really only 2,000 are for him, 3,000 are for his mother, and 20,000 are to hold for him. Before you know it, the whole village is out, everyone is kind of maneuvering to get their hands on their money, some by begging, some by need, some by, you know, hungry children. The church comes in, 
Suffice it to say that by the end of the film, Ibrahim has not only not received his money, but has incurred greater debt and has lost his house. He, he's paid out all this money in order to be able to cash the money order. He doesn't have any of the money. He owes the bulk of that money to the, to the nephew's mother, to his, his sister. Um, and yeah, as you say, he's kind of lost everything. Um, and it's also because it's also as, as well as the kind of uh, this kind of comedy of of everyone grasping for bits of the money. There's also this bureaucracy that he's he gets stuck into because he's now, he's obviously a kind of big man in his community, but he suddenly finds he's sent this money order, and there's this bureaucracy. He needs to cash it. So you know, in order to cash the money order, he needs to have an identity card and in order to have an identity card he needs, he needs to have uh, a birth certificate and in order to have a birth certificate he needs to know his date of birth and he doesn't know his date of birth he doesn't have a birth certificate he doesn't have an identity card he can't read which you you reveal you realize partly through the film that he up to that point he doesn't know that the money's not his because none of them can read the letter so he has to pay some well he pays someone to read the letter and he doesn't have any money to pay them so that's more money he owes um and it's and it's just everyone is taking advantage of him you know the the people are either conning him or you know they're conning him about his id card photo or the government is kind of trapping him in this bureaucracy i think the film is really a critique of you know neocolonialism because the language of business and of government is French. None of these poor, ordinary people speak the language of bureaucracy or of business, right? So they're all prey to this. On top of that, the whole system is corrupt. So, you know, when he goes to get uh, his citizenship card, you know, the guy's just rude to him. And why is he rude to him? Because he hasn't been paid in six months, right? So he says, I'm not working for nothing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you see how... Um, Everything is corrupt. Everything works in terms of briberies. So someone, you know, can cash his check, but only if he gets a percentage. And then the cashier demands a percentage as well. And before you know it, he's received like almost nothing of what the check was, right? The thing is, he didn't actually need someone to cash the check for him. He just didn't. He didn't know how to cash a yes. check. So you get the sense of like, uh, of progression. It's 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 leavened with humor. But it has a real sharp edge, you know, and there's violence. So, you know, he gets beaten up. Uh, you know, the person who's been lending him rice uh, at the local store uh, with the expectations of getting paid back uh, changes it to a kind of coercive uh, uh, denial of credit so that he would sell his house, yeah? Uh, and, of course, if he sells his house, he's homeless. I was reading somewhere that it's been compared to The Bicycle Thief, and you could see how, you could see the comparison. Yeah, so one little act, yeah, leads to uh, a trail of tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, yeah? I think the, the key thing for me is why does the film continue to hold interest in spite of this downward trajectory? Yeah, because I never felt that... My, you know, my watching was like a duty watching. Yeah, that you're you're watching only because you want to get to the end. I mean, I was actually genuinely held by the film. This is the second time I've seen it. Cause I actually saw it at the cinema um, a few months ago. Um, the, the Ultimate Picture Palette in Oxford showed it, um, and it, with quite well at, at that point, it was all socially distanced. So it wasn't that busy an audience, but the you know the audience was engaged with it and entertained by it. And you know, if someone says, "I'm I'm going to go and see a 1960s Senegalese films like well hey that'll <laughs> that'll be fun and but it, it 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 is fun much in the same way as as when we've talked about a lot of Shaheen films they're not what you 
expect this kind of cliche of a of a you know, 1950s 1960s Egyptian film to be. They're actually you know gripping and entertaining and, and do have something to say to you. In terms of you know a deployment of what we might call cinematic language or you know it doesn't have a complex mise en scène. It's very simple. I mean it's very straightforwardly shot. It's very um, you know, there's a lot of close-ups, medium close-ups. It's shot on location. So, you know, the choice of shot, the distance between the character and so on is very well chosen. You know, but there's nothing complex, right? There's no kind of, you know, uh, there's nothing like Shaheen does, you know, where he frames, like, background in relation to foreground and it happens on three different levels and then the camera swerves and, you know, you get magnificent mise-en-scene in, in Shaheen. This is very simple. And actually, I think this is also kind of, if I can say this, the magic of cinema. Because, you know, cinema can be great in so many ways, right? And, you know, one of the ways is through a kind of a deployment of this kind of beautiful and complex mise-en-scene. Yeah, but here it really is not that. It really is an attention to character. You know, and there are things, the, the way that Ibrahim, whenever he goes out, he puts on his bright uh, uh, blue tunic and is very concerned that it be clean. And he's very concerned about how, how he's perceived in public. And he's always holding it up and putting it forward. Yeah, He's always kind of conscious of yeah, how he is presenting himself on the street. Yeah, uh, uh, Kind of little things like that suggest so much, right? And it all happens within the frame, so to speak. It comes from the actor and... You know, obviously the direction he's been given about how to act and so on. Yeah, but it's not the camera that is doing the talking most of the time. Do you have any observations on the gender issue? I mean, he's not nice to his wives, I would say. I mean, he, the, he's very dominant of, towards the wives. He has, he has two wives. Um, he, I mean, the start of the film, he just kind of is, is sitting there being essentially expecting to be waited on by the wives. He's then kind of... You know, belching and farting after after having eaten, and it, it's pretty gross. He's quite, you know, he he's a bit violent towards the wives at times, as well, and that that is quite uncomfortable viewing. I didn't find it uncomfortable viewing. It is what you say, but it is more than what you say. So mm. you know, this is a patriarchal culture. The man does have all the power, you know. But actually, the women constantly undermine him. They run the household, right? So you know, when he promises rice. They only, they only they only bring him a little bit of what they ask for because you know, That's you true. know they want yeah. to keep it yeah. for later. You know, they're very loyal to him. They defend him at the end. You know, they lie for him. There's this distinction between, you know, the kind of brutal patriarchal domination in the culture itself and the film's representation of it. Yeah. So I think the film is extraordinarily with those women. Yeah. One of them offers up her necklace, which is worth, which is hers, and which is worth X to get him out of a jam. I think the women are portrayed as very strong and very sympathetic, and with a wisdom that he himself lacks. <laughs> That's true, because I mean, there are, there are points where I mean, for start the point at the start of the film where they 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 get the letter with the money order and decide, yeah, let's we'll we'll tell him later, you know, it's not to worry about that yet. And the point later on where they they. You know, they, they just decide to claim the money's been stolen and he's been beaten up just in order to kind of get rid of some creditors. And, and that, yeah, as you say, they are in control of the situation. What did you think of the representation of the country? 
I, th- I thought it was really interesting because I, I think you, without knowing anything about um, Senegal in the 60s, you do you do get a picture for for what life is like, what the you know it's kind of different classes of people, the way the government worked, the way bureaucracy worked, but also the kind of relationship with France and and the you know the idea that you know they they view the nephew as this kind of having this really successful life in in Paris, but actually you know he's he's a street cleaner, but in, term, in monetary terms, he's able to send back huge amounts of money. So that that I think tells you a lot about the you know just the the, the relationship between those economies, doesn't it? Aside from that, yeah. Aside from the difference between the two economies, as you mentioned, there is also that almost every character we see in the film of his neighbors, none of them have a job. Uh, none of them, or very few of them, have food. Uh, many of them come begging for food. Uh, including a mother with who says with two or three children who says that they haven't eaten for three days, right? And you you think those are all sincere? Uh, lots of people are begging. Um, yeah, so you get the sense of like this very 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 poor culture, yeah, that is uh, in which things are emerging, right? So you know it's a poor culture full of swindlers. Yeah, uh, so he goes to take, get take, get his photograph taken, and then of course it's a con. The people there don't have cameras. They yeah, they they've just set up a a stand yeah. to con the vulnerable, right? So there is kind of like this emerging uh, uh, scam culture. There's also a kind of a black market, right? So it's very clear that the local shop owner is kind of operating, you know, in 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 a black market. And then, of course, there are also the mid-level bureaucrats that we see, which his nephew is one of them, who are leading a kind of a Western life. They speak French, and they have all the mid-management jobs through which they oppress their own people. Yeah, I mean, they basically control the way that the society works, and they make it you know, extremely difficult for anybody uh, lower than them to get anything done, yeah. Uh, so, so I think it's kind of quite a complex picture of a society, actually. What did you think of the on-location shooting? It was, as you say, it was, it was quite basically done. It, it, it was interesting seeing those locations. I mean, it was, it was kind of you know reminiscent of near realism. Just seeing all the everything's on the streets. Everything seems to be on on those real locations. It was, yeah, it was done done well. I think. Yes, there's very few cars. Uh, there's a lot of sellers who sell one thing, bras, water, right? So it really is a poor economy. Uh, I, d- I did like the idea of the door-to-door bra sales <laughs> coming round every day with his, his like, display of, bra- of, of very large bras. <laughs> Tempting the women. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it really evokes a, a way of life. Um also a sense of, of family and community, right? And then, of course, there's the, the denunciation at the end because it is important that Ibrahim is a good man, yeah, a man of God who, who tries to do the right thing and he's a kind man, right? Uh, and uh, what's the last line of the film? He says, this country doesn't honor honest people or there's no place for honest people in this country, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the postman says... 
you know, but it's people like you, you know, who will change this country, you and your wife and your children. I mean, that is must be like, you know, because I understand some Ben was in the Communist Party and that does feel like a Communist Party slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it's a powerful way to end the film. It kind of moved me. Mm. I think the last thing that we haven't talked about is the music. What did you think of it? Yeah, I like the music. I mean, it's mainly there. There isn't there isn't a lot of music, I think. But it, it, there's a you know kind of song that goes all the way through the, the, the song about the money. Yes, order. there's the song about the money order, and actually also there is like this kind of what I imagine is African music uh, that is kind of uh, it has a kind of a Latin rhythm. Um, you know, but it's it's basically drum drum music in a jazzy Latin style that kind of punctuates the whole film. Yeah. So in between the song, you also have this other uh, uh, music, uh, which I think worked incredibly well. It's a really simple and really powerful film, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's great, and uh, you know, as, as we said, it's available quite you know, very very easily in, in in certainly in the UK and I guess elsewhere in this very nice restorations. I can see why it made an impression on uh, uh, Shaheen, but why do you think? Yeah, so I mean, what, what, I'll quote what Shaheen says about, about Sing Ben, uh, which is, um, he says, you, you've known Usman Sing Ben, he does pictures in Senegal and they're really international. They're wonderful pictures, full of humour. He's a very good writer. Um, so yeah, he, he's, the first thing that's interesting, he talks about the, the writing rather than Rather than the film, rather than direction, which is is interesting. But yeah, yeah, they're full of humour. They're international. I think that, I think that's true. But if you think about the themes in this film, um, you know, you some of the co things that are common to to some of the, a lot of those Shaheen films are, are are there. You know, this kind of clash between um, you know Westernised and non-Westernised lifestyles and tradition and modernity. You get that a lot in this film. If you you go from Ibrahim's traditional house and and you know dressed in robes and so on to these westernized kind of middle class westernized people in suits living a western lifestyle speaking french and, and again this is very similar to what you see in 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 the, those kind of urban shaheen films um so yeah the, you know clashes of religion clashes of politics are all things that you that you see in shaheen and theme themes that you see regularly in those films yes to that i would add the post-colonial you know because um What's interesting to me about this film is that all the crooks, all the swindlers, all the oppressors are black. They're doing it through structures of colonialism, right? So the language is French, the bureaucracy is an inherited one. Yeah, and of course, if most people don't speak that language, they are cut off from that culture, right? Yeah, but that, you know, the people who've made the decision to continue with that language and those structures and so on, are like a black bourgeoisie very willing to exploit their own people. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Because he, you know, when he's trying to get hold of his birth certificate, you know, he doesn't have a birth certificate because he was born in... 1900. Sometime yeah, around 1900. Yeah, yeah some, I mean, he doesn't know what year. He just says sometime around 1900 in some rural part of, 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 of Senegal. So, of course, he doesn't have a birth certificate you know who, there is no record of his birth why you know he he wouldn't have that but you know the, the you know at that point they were they were presumably a french colony and um as, as you say the 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 independent government has maintained that bureaucracy without making it possible for people to people who've grown up without documentation to get it but then the other thing is what what's interesting is he's 
he's living and clearly you know he's at this point you know late 60s character and he's lived perfectly happily for over 60 without years in his yeah. without yeah without any of this documentation without an id card without a bank account without needing to read everything is fine he's having he's got a perfectly successful life with with these two wives and and, and seven house children. and everything <laughs> seven children yeah and then sudden suddenly he's faced with something that he can't process you know he and he doesn't understand how to process it and it takes him out of that world into a completely different world that's only 100 yards away and that is where the colonial comes in right uh because as you said you know the births probably wouldn't have been registered if they had been registered would they have had uh western months would it have been divided by months instead of say seasons or whatever the local way of distinguishing you know kind of times of the year uh and the fact is that he's got his voter registration card right so he's got the equivalent of a citizenship card yeah so this is just an additional kind of barrier erected by colonialism to prevent people from having access, yeah? And I think if you if yeah. you look at those elements in the film cumulatively, you do get a real critique of post-colonialism. But that's not what we remember of the film. What we remember is the warmth and the relationships and the humor, right? And it is and because he's so appealing and 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 the interactions are so rich and the wives and so on actually his you know his downfall you really feel for him yeah and so he's like a little bit pompous and so on and so forth nonetheless he's very endearing so that you know when he loses everything you you you're both kind of angry and sad yeah that that has happened well it's a film that uh, we highly recommend i think richard yeah definitely uh, yes it's yeah. on movie uh, and it's one of those films that I've never had the opportunity to see, and I'm very grateful to Mubi uh, for having given me uh, this opportunity. It's very much worth seeing, and uh, and we highly recommend. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are thinking aloud about film. Bye bye. Dikoyendo de kelebanyan, yamone na ngoi ja,